The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson here. Uh, today is Thursday, April 30th. Uh, even though it's the eve of the NFL draft, we're still talking baseball here. And uh, to help me today is uh, Michael Simeone from spstreamer.com. You can find follow him on Twitter, at spstreamer. Michael, what's going on? How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Of course. Of course. You know, doing good work in this space. We want to promote it. That's the great thing is like with TGFBI and with uh, all the other, you know, the, the podcast contests that Chris does at Baseball Pods, you know, start to get to know like what other good work is being done out there and get to meet more people. First Pitch Arizona is another great example. Uh, and I love it. You know, it just just shows how vast this industry is. Yeah, it's massive. And like you said, both of those are really good at bringing people to the, you know, the front of the community. Um, and it's a good way, like, you know, with the podcast uh, bracket, it's like there's so many podcasts out there and it's a good way to, you know, show some sh- or shed some light to podcasts that you wouldn't even know existed until, uh, you know, that that uh, tournament. So, yeah, I exactly. mean, those things are awesome. So how did you get in- involved? How did you start doing this? <laughs> yeah, um, so <clears throat> I actually didn't know uh, sports were on Twitter were like a thing. And yeah. <laughs> um, until one of my best friends, he runs like a, ho- a fancy hockey account. So I, I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. And at the time, I was in a league for a couple of years that really like emphasized on streaming pitchers. Like you basically have to do it to win. Right. Um, so, you know, I was trying to get myself better at it. So I was like, let me just kind of 
go on this journey, you know, and uh, put it all out there on Twitter and start an account. And that was it. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we got a ton of injury news, a lot of inf- uh, breaking news period today. Uh, let's just jump right into it here. Uh, starting off, Bryce Harper got plunked uh, in the face yesterday. Uh, tough back-to-back uh, hit by pitches by Genesis Cabrera. At first, uh, Harper, then Didi Gregorius. Gregorius and, and Harper sat today. Uh, ironically, even though Harper's look scarier, uh, Gregorius might be the one that's hurt a little bit more for, from what I can tell. Yeah, and uh, I mean, everyone was worried about Harper. That one, thankfully, yeah. that hit the the you know cover in front of his face um, first before hitting him in the face, and then he posted that video on Instagram saying he was fine, <laughs> yeah. which uh, which was good. So, um, yeah. and it was funny when when I was watching that, my wife was next to me, and then I had to tell her the story about what happened to Stanton, and mm-hmm. uh, I was like, thank God that didn't happen to him, and thank God he had that guard up. Right. And I, I always think of Jason Hayward too, about, you know, a guy whose yeah. career take a sudden change. You know, he was never the same after that. He, yep. And it's not necessarily that that was the one thing that you could blame it on, but man, he just, it, it's true. He was not the same after getting bean. Uh, wild reaction too. Girardi went nuts after the second one, which I, I can't blame him actually. Uh, you know, that was rough, but uh, seeing after Gregorius got plunked, uh, Harper actually consoled Cabrera today, but then today, also, uh, in the ninth inning, Arenado got hit in the upper back, uh, and they kind of said it was intentional, which is weird because it was a three-three game. It's like in, in the ninth inning, you usually don't yeah. use that as a time to have, you know have retribution. But there you go. Yeah, uh, that's a, I didn't see that. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, and he goes, you know, in previous years, people would go nuts. This is Schilt talking about. It. He goes, you know, we took we took care of our business and we moved on. So he's like kind of praising the Phillies for not letting it get out of control. But I mean. You say something like that, you got to be suspended. We'll see. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But um, that did, that was uh, that was wild stuff. Uh, let's keep moving on. Hinjin Ryu. They were saying, okay, maybe one start with this glute muscle. Now it's he's on the aisle. Still might only be one start. Maybe he'll just come back like at on the eleventh day. But yeah, this is some people might have had him active this week, thinking they still might get that start if it gets pushed back a day. He was pitching so well on Sunday. Yeah, I thought he'd struggle going to the American League. He, he hasn't. Yeah, he's been really good. I mean, he's always been good when he's on the mound. You know, he's mm-hmm. got that four-pitch arsenal, always induces a lot of weak contact. Um, but the, there's always, for me, it's I'm always worried about that injury past. Um, you know, before 2019, he always missed a ton, ton of games, a big portion of the season. So anytime something like this happens to him, it kind of brings back nightmares from the previous yeah. seasons. Uh, so hopefully this isn't something that lingers and is a quick little IL stint, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see crossing fingers there. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, of all the injuries to have, I got to think that that one's probably less concerning than others, but you know, you never know yeah. with the kinetic chain. You try to adjust one thing, all of a sudden you deals with, you're dealing with a hammy or a groin or mm-hmm. something like that. You try to land a little differently to ch- kind of counteract the pain. I think it's smart to kind of take their time. It's a long season, not like last year. Definitely. And they're going to need him, especially if they want to make a playoff run. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that Blue Jays rotation right now is scary. I mean, it's just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who do you trust? <laughs> Which we knew coming into the season. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, so. we, we haven't had a single pitch out of Nate Pearson yet. Um, I I was a little wary of him to begin with, too, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because the, the command has always been somewhat of an issue with him. Still remember the Fall Stars game where we saw him, where it's him versus uh, um, 
Forrest Whitley. And, you know, Pearson hits 101 on the radar, and we're like, no way that's real. Uh, Monty Harrison, we're, we're all sitting in the front row, uh, like Spore and a bunch of other people mm-hmm. first pitch Arizona, as you can just sit wherever you want if you get there early enough. And Monty Harrison on deck, turn, on deck circle turns around and goes, oh, it's real. It's legit. <laughs> that's awesome. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great but, story. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. But then Forrest, Forrest Whitley comes out. He was seeing those radar readings, and he started overamping. He was trying to throw hard, try to match that. He's like, I can throw just that hard, too. Um, I, I swear that was like a sign that, okay, things, bad things are coming with Whitley. Cause you know, this <laughs> yeah. is before he had any, any rough patches too. Yeah. I, this is where I become a fake scout for just 12 seconds. <laughs> we but, all, we all think that, you know, yeah. think that way. And sometimes, uh, <laughs> think we're smarter than we really are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. So illnesses are a big problem right now in, in the baseball world. And, you know, think, you know, and it's, more nebulous than last year in some ways. You know, a guy goes on the IL, they don't declare what it's for. He could be, he could actually have tested positive like Jose Altuve, or it could be like the other four Astros on the team where they are away for contact tracing, missed the series and course, you know, they missed one series and then got to course field. But so we've got Luis Robert came back today. Jordan Alvarez, we're not quite sure. He's already, he's had multiple instances of this. And now Corbin Burns, where they just said, we're, we're following testing and health protocols without really saying anything because they can mm. kind of hide behind that. Yeah, I was seeing with Alvarez that it's uh, vaccine side effects. I'm hoping that's true. Which, yeah, if it is true, I mean, coming from when I got my second va- shot, I was out of it for two days. Really? It, like, I-, I got hit with it bad, yeah. Which um, one did you so get? So it's definitely not fun to go through. Um, I got Pfizer. Okay, I've got Moderna and I'm having my second one on Friday. So okay. not, well, and everyone's I, I mean, me. yeah. yeah, I don't know if it makes a difference. I mean, it's, it, it actually doesn't. I mean, I, I did get COVID. So did my wife, but she okay. felt no side effects on the shots and both shots knocked me out. Really? That's so funny. My yeah. wife had both of hers and she had like a little headache and she was fine. I had my first yeah. one. My arm was sore for 36 hours. I had a headache that one that first night, but I golfed during the day. So I probably was a little dehydrated. <laughs> That's my excuse. And I'm sticking by it. But, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Corbin Burns, again, this is one we don't know if that's going to happen. And, you know, I, I see that, you know, you know, with him, obviously, and we're, we're afraid of anything. He has finally had his first bad start where he kind of just got babbit more than anything mm-hmm. else. I didn't really feel like it was that bad. Uh, did you have any uh, takeaways from that last start? Yeah, no, I didn't think it was that bad either. Um, those things are just going to happen. You know, no one's going to be as dominant as he was for an entire season. Um, right. So, yeah, so, I mean – it would, it would, I, I hope he's back soon so we can see him rebound and continue, you know, hopefully being a dominant ace because he's yeah. so much fun to watch and he just looks so good. I mean, yeah. you know, pinpoint accuracy, uh, throws hard, the cutter's amazing, ton of fun to watch. Yeah, I, I don't know if you saw, I took my L on him. I, I wrote an article in January saying he's getting drafted too soon, so that was pretty cool. Uh, but my, my concerns were threefold. Uh, it was one, the, the competition he faced last year, all Central Division teams, mm-hmm. AL and NL. Two, you know, length, how long he'd be able to go into games, how many innings he'd throw this year. Burdick's still a little out on that one, but, I mean, yeah. he's going six innings almost every single time at least. And then three was the walk rate, 10% walk rate. I guess he solved that last one there. Yeah, I, I was the same as you. I was more so worried about the innings. I didn't really doubt the skill set. Um, mm-hmm. And we still don't know. I mean, I I would assume if they're, you know, let's say they're pretty much a shoo-in to make the playoffs, they're definitely going to start resting him. I can't see them pushing him. Um, 
it's you know it'll, it'll be interesting to see because I, I remember when they were in the playoff hunt i think it was two years ago uh council was pulling them really early um like towards the end of the season like going four innings we're going right to our bullpen so like and he did that for a month almost so you know that's something you have to kind of worry about especially uh towards the end of the season where you're trying to make a move yeah true but you know what if he's this dominant this his controls this good well then won't matter. that <laughs> aspect of that well it won't be this good but you know he's, he's obviously fixed control issues control issues yeah. you know i think that one that at least that has been addressed i think competition level has probably been addressed you know, those two points alone have made it more than worth his draft price, uh, even if oh, yeah. and, and especially if the, the January price, even like the late March price where he's starting to go in the early third round. Uh, he went like pick 33 in my, one of my two main events. Uh, and I think he saw I saw him go. His men pick was 32. So, yeah, that even that I think he's worth it, even if he only throws 160 innings, 150 innings, something like that. Yeah, and I feel like you might get more starts out of him if he's that good too, because he could just be really productive. And you know, let's say they pull him after six innings, but he's only like seventy pitches in, then that's going to help in the long run. You know? Yeah, true. And if he leaves with the lead, all the better, especially because they have a good bullpen too. So yeah, for the most part, you know, you're not going to get hurt too bad. Now, the the offense behind him is the issue. Uh, you know, they're yeah, you know, <laughs> with Yelich still out, you know, still dealing with the back stuff that apparently he's been dealing with for a while, but it's worse this time. I just saw a thing on the the uh, pregame notes from some of the Milwaukee beat writers uh, right before we were about to start to record, talking that okay, this isn't the, his first go around, but it's just a little bit worse. Uh, mm. So yeah, and then of course, you know, they're missing, uh, you know, they're missing Kane. Uh, Hira has just disappeared. Completely. Horrible. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any Hira in your life? I don't. I think maybe one share somewhere. Right. But I remember when I took it, I instantly regretted him taking it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because the 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 floor is just so low, and we're seeing yeah. it. So I think he could get sent down once everybody's healthy. I mean, they got Wong back now, yep. uh, so that could be a, a part of that there. Uh, so we'll find out. Um, you know, if uh, you know, it, it's and. By the way, Daily Phil was talking about how he traded uh, Burns for Rosa Reina this year. So he's not, I'm not the only one. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> yeah. Although Verdict's not out on a Rosa Reina yet. You know, give it time. There's a lot of bad hitters right now. Uh, that, yeah, and, he's he's doing okay. Yeah, he's all right. Um, there's still there's still some promise there. Um, another news item, uh, San Diego Padres. This is a dual item. Uh, Ryan Weathers left early yesterday. Uh, yesterday's start. Uh, issues a joint issue in his arm, uh, but not the elbow itself, but a joint, I guess, in his hand. Uh, only went three innings, and worse for him, but good for the Padres. To Nelson Lamette could be back on Sunday. I'm a little uh, hesitant about uh, that one there. Uh, I I also was hesitant all along on Lamette. I don't have him in any of my 17 leagues. I don't understand what they're doing with him. I mean, it, like just let him get the surgery already or do something with that elbow because the PRP injections were horrible enough. And now he goes out, gets forearm tightness. Now they're going to try and put him out again. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, you know, and those injections rarely work. The only picture I could really think of is like Tanaka. That's the um, guy I was going to suggest. Yep. Yeah. And it's just, I, I don't know. I'm questioning their medical staff a lot right now. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, though, they were right about Tatis. You know, we That's all true. Like, That's uh, true. I was a I was a wailing Cassandra uh, with uh, him, and I still am worried about a, a re injury at some point. But he's ready. He's running. He you know he, oh, yeah. he he's he doing good. everything. You know, he, the, the two handed follow through seems to work just fine for him. So I remember Smoltz making a big John Smoltz making a big deal about that on MLB Network. But 
seems like that's someone uh, someone pointed out I didn't get to really look into it. I think it was last season or two seasons ago though he when whenever he came up I think he had a two-handed swing then anyway yeah I mean, and then he eventually went to the one hand and so like you know I feel like it's not really um it, it probably doesn't feel weird for him to do right and uh yeah and, and the one-handed was so violent I mean that the the thing yeah. that's worrisome is like the two times he heard it this year we're on a swing and a miss and reaching for a ball into the hole. You know, those are things that are still going to happen. You know what? None, none of these were like, okay, he landed on a shoulder or anything like that. And there it's, it's the non-contact aspect that worries me. But I guess that happens. If you, uh, it's like when you try, if you miss a step and you're stepping, it almost feels worse than if you just trip up otherwise there or same thing like swinging a miss. I've, not that I've ever swung and missed in my life, but you know, <laughs> you know, the lack of resistance actually hurts sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what were your, what was your thought on Ryan Weathers before he made this start? Uh, you know, were you recommending him as a stream this week? Were you in on the bidding and picking him up in your leagues? So I do have him in a league. I didn't recommend him as a stream just because I don't, I didn't know how far they were going to let him go. Mm-hmm. Um, really good four seam with a great slider and a, uh, the changeup has good, you know, uh, a big velocity difference between that and the, and the fastball. Um, so I think he's good. Um, you know, it's a shame that the velocity clearly dropped and the spin rate and they pulled them instantly. Um, I guess we have to see what happens. I know you were just mentioning you saw – they said it was in the hand because I thought I saw a dead arm. Yeah, no, you might be right about that. I just saw a joint okay. and, you know, I, I should okay. pull that up again. I, I feel I, like they I, don't really know what happened because th- I'm pretty sure when he got pulled too, he said that he felt okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, so maybe it's not that bad, but, you know – with Lamette coming back, that means though his his spot in the rotation is not guaranteed, and that's the problem. You know the other problem. Yeah. Why I lowered my bid I re- originally, I was like, "Hey, full season of uh, of a pretty good prospect in that mm-hmm. in that spot in that rotation on that team." Yeah, okay, I'm on board. And then you're like, "Oh, Lamette's making good progress. He could come back pretty quickly." Okay, well, you know it's not as secure now. I we, he's yeah. you know Lamette could go out one more time and then finally get the surgery, and then it'll be weathers all over again. The funny thing is, is it's not Mackenzie Gore, which is crazy. Yeah, what have you heard on Gore? Any, any reason? I uh, feel like I I heard the same thing with him too that he was having yips or dead arm issue or something, right? right? Yeah, um, you had to have known something was going on because it made no sense they didn't call him up last year. It just right. made no sense to me. So I felt like something's happening there, and maybe something still is, and they just don't really want to tell anyone, which is weird. Um, I mean, really good prospects, uh, really great. can be a fantastic pitcher, but you know, I, we, who, who the heck knows what's happening? <laughs> I think, uh, actual minor, minor league stats will help with this one. Seeing him, you know, minor league games, period. Us being able to see right. him, uh, see him at El Paso. You know, I think that'll help a lot. I looked a little bit more on weathers. It was, it was a dead arm instead of 92 mm-hmm. to 93, it dropped down to 87, 88. So, oh man. Yeah. That now, well. Yeah, so that that that's a like a big red flag, and there if that was the case, yeah. then smarter them to take them out. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. One other uh, news item before we move on to like some more streaming pitchers. Matt Olson hurt himself uh, in batting practice before the game today. Had a ricochet, went off of his, you know, had suffered an eye injury, uh, and you know, X-ray revealed no broken bones. I saw a note after the game saying his eye was swollen shut. Guess it's hard to play with one eye, uh, you know, unless you're Trevor Bauer. Uh, and I don't know, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I, 
yeah, I thought this this could be pretty bad. I don't know. I mean, it looks like he's you know, the fact that he needed an X-ray right away. That that's a little concerning. Yeah, I mean, we gotta just wait for further news. Um, it's unfortunate because Olsen was starting to really heat up. Um, you know, he's hitting really well too before the injury. So, um, you know, it's just uh, I I don't know if there's any kind of injury history with that. I'd have to try and find something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like as long as he doesn't have like a fracture or anything, he should, you know should be yeah. okay. But after like I would think a week or so, right? Yeah, he was so bad last year. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, and, and, well, yeah. it's either boom or bust. <laughs> That's the thing. He yes. hit the homer still, but he just didn't hit for any average. Which is funny. Meanwhile, two years ago, he comes back from hands, you know, broken hand, and he's hitting bombs. and Right. Amazing. Right. Uh, you had the and you know, so last year uh, he was like one of the helium guys. And I, mm-hmm. I, I was I, I made a point of trying to get him at least in one league when he fell down in the in the in the one of my two mains last year and uh, that did not narrator that did not end well, but uh it's okay. <laughs> uh I, I, I wish I had a little bit more of him. Maybe I'll still trade for him. That's, I'm in a couple of trade leagues, so we'll pull mm-hmm. that off at some point once he gets past this. Uh before we move on talking to streaming pitchers, a quick note from a couple of our sponsors. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With the Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. 
Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Thanks for that. Uh, we are back. I am with Michael Simeone of SP, uh, SP Streamer at SPStreamer.com. You can follow him at SPStreamer. Michael, uh, who else? What's your operation like? How many guys you got on board? Um, right now, I think we have eight writers. Okay. I think. Um, yeah. And we basically, you know, uh, we do a little bit of everything, um, but we mainly focus on streaming, obviously. But we've added on, you know, someone does so, um, an oracle where you stream for saves or if you're trying to get steals and you want to add someone for right. steals for a week. Same as just overall hitting. So we're trying to hit kind of all aspects of, of streaming. That's our main focus because there's so many websites and so much content out there. And it's kind of like me trying to corner a little niche market, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You have to do that. And just you know, keep creating content, get noticed, uh, and hopefully you blow up. And that, that there's and there's so many people doing good work, too. Uh, that, that's, oh, yeah. the, that's the really tricky part there. Uh, I was lucky. <laughs> we started in 97 and it was a much wide open space then, much more wide open space then. Uh, you know, you see like Mike Curlin get his niche with uh, doing lineups yeah. and yep. that's doing great stuff. It's my go-to example of what you can do to try to find a way to try to get some traction. Exactly. Exactly. And there's, there's so many good people out there who don't even have even started writing. I mean, right. I have several people who write for me now that I'm the first spot they've been writing at and, their stuff is so good. And I just think this, you know, all these writers are so much better than me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how their names aren't out there yet, but it's just because they haven't started and hopefully they'll get there, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's so much talent too. Yeah. Yep. So much talent. So uh, one of the things in, in, you know, obviously you're, you're recommending streaming and it's worked for you in the past. I found last two years, 2019, 2020 were really difficult. You know, it's such a heavy hitting environment. There's a lot more Joe Rosses out there, a lot more uh, Austin Gombers, uh, you know, those type of outings. Uh, whereas this year, I've been a little bit more successful in streaming. Uh, I've been able to find cheaper pitchers in, dra- in DraftKings with my second pitcher, for instance. Or in, you know, in league, I've got some leagues where I have daily moves. And I, I, I think it'll tighten up. But at the same time, it, is it just my impression or have you found that to be the same, that it's a little bit easier this year? It's funny. I'm the opposite of you. <laughs> really? Okay. Last year I had the best, most success I've ever had. Um, I don't know why. And then uh, this year, well, you know what? I guess I just really, um, overall, I've had a lot more better, like good streams compared to bad streams. But my overall mm-hmm. number has been a little rough because I've fallen into the Brad Keller blow up. And oh, no. uh, there was another blow up too. Um, so those kind of hurt my numbers. I'm definitely having a much better second half of the month than the first half. Um, but I thought it was really tough. Um, you know, April is, is so hard, (laughs) uh, when it comes to streaming, you know, every year, uh, you mentioned Mike Curl and it's funny. I was talking to him the other day and he's like, you always suck when you start the season, (laughs) like as a joke, but it's, it's true. Everyone does. I mean, 
you know, Nick Pollock does streamers too. And I see him talk about all the time. April is so hard because you don't know anything. You think you know everything, but you don't. You don't know what offenses are going to be good. You can't catch trends. You know, um, there's really no underlying stats you can really look at to start. So it's kind of all up in the air. And we all know baseball is extremely unpredictable. Yeah, um, that's right. So, so yeah, I feel like April's a little tough. I mean, it's getting better towards the end now. Um, but moving forward, we should have more, you know, data to really work off of to kind of limit running into those blowups. Okay. So the reasons why I thought it might have been a little easier is like I think there's more <laughs> bad teams in baseball. You know, there, you know, there's bad offenses in baseball. Then again, you can still run into like the the one time the Cubs hit David Peterson, for instance. You're like, yeah, oh, there goes that. You know, I thought yeah. I yeah, I had it, but you know, especially like. You know, I, I still long for the days of Freddie Peralta in the seven thousands on DraftKings. It's like, oh, that's <laughs> such a beautiful thing. No, nope, not yes. anymore. He's getting priced up. Uh, but nope. and and I, the one the, the one thing I worry about is in standard leagues, not just not just uh, daily, but more so in like just your, your basic rotisserie leagues is, yeah, you know, we're gonna get this attrition in leagues where you have injury lists. Uh, you know, where you can stash guys that get hurt. The pool of players that you can choose from gets. You know, we're starting to pick. The litter, the picks get a little thinner. Mm -hmm. uh, you're tar you know, chancier. Some of the top guys have already been called up. Uh, there'll be a there'll be a stretch where we get guys that distinguish themselves in the minors. That helps, uh, but it's also going to get picked over pretty quick too. I'm afraid of that. Yeah, um, it's it's obviously the more you know the bigger rosters um, are become a lot more tougher. Um, that's why yeah. I actually decide this year because I usually did like thirty percent owned pitchers and under. Um, okay. But now I do kind of all options because I have every, I guess mo a lot of my audience is kind of in every type of league. So sure. um, I do like a shallow, I call it my main pick, which is 30 and under, because that's what I've always done. And then now I do like deep leagues, which is 15% under. Mm -hmm. And weirdly enough, so far I've been most successful with 15% and under streaming pitchers. That's I don't funny. Know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you just really have so, to grind and pay even more attention so to those guys. Yeah, that or just like they're kind of pretty much always my second choice. So I guess my second choice is better than my first choice. That's so funny. Now, are, yeah. what standard are you using? You said uh, fifteen percent is like ESPN, Yahoo, or CBS. yeah. So most most of my um, audience base is really um, I, I want to say like casual fan, but probably a little more advanced than that. It's not NFBC players. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I do I do um, ESPN and Yahoo combined. I combine okay, and Smart. then just get that average, and that's what I go off of. Well, then you're hitting the vast majority of fantasy players. I mean, exactly. I, exactly. I adore the NFPC and it's my favorite format. I, I I have to, you know, every once in a while catch myself and realize that not everybody is playing that. And, right. it, you know, especially that, that sort of depth for that matter too. And you have to tailor your advice exactly. to everybody. Yep. Exactly. Uh, I remember way back in the, uh, you know, first a couple, like 10 years ago in first pitch Arizona, someone was like dissing a Yahoo league or something like that. Like, you know, that's what most people are playing, you know. Yeah. And you know, the ten-team mixed league is is common, uh, and it's just mm -hmm. it, it's a lot more like football in terms of the, the penetration. But that, which is okay too, though. I mean, it's, and you want to bring more people in, and then start to get them a little bit deeper. Yeah, yep, yeah, exactly, and uh, yeah, and let them learn off you too, you know. Um, For sure. So yeah, yeah, I, I do everything. I mean, yeah, I was I was surprised a lot last year because a lot of people were like, you know, can you go to fifty percent owned or I mean, a lot of people want me to do all pitchers, but sure, <laughs> that would take yeah. a, a lot of time, <laughs> so I can't do it yet. But. So let me ask you this: What's the first thing you look for when you're uh, just? I mean, you, you look at a slate of pitchers for a given day, and you look at are you looking at 
the opponent? Are you looking at a certain skill set? Are you looking at a stat? Um, what's the first thing you're looking at when you look at that slate? Yeah, so I've been keeping track of all streamers for the past couple of years um, mm -hmm. and just kind of running different things to see what's, um, you know, stats to see what's more, more su most successful. Um, I found that opponent matters more than the actual pitcher. Um, okay. Obviously, the pitcher matters, you know, uh, if they're very bad, you know, it doesn't matter who they're facing, they could get, True. you know, lit up. Um, so, yeah, so I like to look at the offenses. And I also found um, that if you look at the last seven days, it helps you catch trends easier. Um, so I'll look at the last seven days of a team and what they do, what they're doing, you know, WRC plus wise, OPS, swing strike percentage, that kind of stuff. And then I also like to look at the lefty righty splits, of course, um, sure, for of the course. for the season, you know, or the last 30 days or whatever it is. Um, I kind of look at all of it just to see how good they hit lefties or righties. Like I keep telling everyone this season, like Detroit cannot hit a lefty at all right now and they're striking out a ton against lefties. So if there's a decent lefty streamer out there, go at, go after them because you know, they're probably going to pitch well. Or what I'm seeing lately, um, which kind of hurts me because I'm a Mets fan, but everyone's saying pick up whoever, pick up a streamer that's facing DeGrom because oh the Mets are not going to put up any runs, which is 100% true. I and know. I might consider it moving forward. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, in, you know, Garrett Richards. It, it's oh, my God. Us. How did that happen? <laughs> that's, that's what I, I that's what I'm saying. DeGrom pitches. They put up at most three runs, at most. Yeah. Usually it's one. Or zero. Yeah. And, and usually it has to be him that's putting it up too. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, seriously. Yeah, um, it's fun watching the Reds home versus road splits. Uh, as a, I'm a Reds guy, and you know, mm -hmm. you can see anytime they go out to the West Coast, usually they're suffering offensively. I mean, it happened. Or it, you know, and the first road trip, San Francisco and Arizona both shut them down. And Arizona's, you know, they don't really. That was pre-Gallon too. It wasn't like they yeah. had a, sh a shutdown guy. But uh, you know, it, it, I, I like that you brought up the seven day thing too because things change pretty quickly. Sometimes you're like, oh yeah. oh yeah, I can definitely pick on this team. And then mm -hmm. oh, maybe not as much. All of a sudden they uh, catch fire. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what, so WRC plus, is that like the first stat you look at when you're looking at opposing, like op, uh, opposing lineups? I look at everything. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I just, um, like you'll see, I, so I have a chart on my website. Um, it's a tab called streamer central. I okay. think you think I, you think I would know this. Um, and I also post <laughs> links in my, in my daily articles too, to it. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just lists, it's kind of like what I do, but, um, on a smaller scale. So I, I will just lay out the stats and I'll literally just highlight good and bad. And I like, right. and then I'll just go across and see like who has a ton of green, which means a really good right. matchup, you know, um, like who has a ton of red. has a ton right. of green. Which yeah. I said, if, uh, you know, I put out there, I said, if Cease doesn't perform, to, I, I hated taking that pick. I, I felt it makes so much sense, but some, mm -hmm. it doesn't always work out because it's baseball. But I said, I was like, if Cease can't have a good game today, just drop him. Yeah. We're all <laughs> that working for those five innings. That command is so shaky still. And yeah, I mean, the, the Tigers cannot be worse right now. So he should be able to pitch decent at least. Yeah, that's true. Carlos Rodon. Yeah, he, he was dealing again today. The uh, Sox just went up 3-1 in that one. They're in the top of the seventh and first half of this doubleheader. Uh, I think he struck out like 11 of the first 15 guys he faced, something like that. Uh, just nuts. Uh, did you see this coming? I didn't. No, I didn't at all. Um, well, I mean, we also didn't know the velocity was going to go up. I mean, right. I think I think there was word of it in, pre, you know, in spring training a little bit. I don't remember if I saw it. 
Um, clearly not because I have no shares. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, I mean, what a good story too, though. I mean, he refused to go to other teams because a lot of teams wanted him in their bullpen and he refused to do it. He just said, I want to be a starter. Um, I have this stuff and look at him now. I mean, Bossy can make a big yeah. difference and yeah. uh, adding, I think it was like two miles an hour. He's added, you know, more rise to that fastball can do wonders. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, any team in baseball could have signed him for a month and a half, except they all tried to sign him in the bullpen there, I guess. But uh, yeah, pretty amazing. But you would think so many teams are thirsting for starters. And meanwhile, the White Sox have six. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm uh, counting Kopech among that, but it's, it's a sense, big so. advantage for these teams who have a lot of depth this year because I feel like a lot of teams don't. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, offensive numbers are down right now. Uh, there's no getting around that. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, home run rates about the 2018 levels, although it's kind of commensurate with previous a couple of recent Aprils. But runs are down to 4.28 per game per team. Uh, strikeouts are over nine per team per game, which is. That's the thing that just really jumped out. And league, out of me. league batting average is like two twenty or something ridiculous. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> two thirty two uh, going into the yeah. day, but it's brutal. It's it's so absolutely bad. brutal. It's gonna be Crazy. the worst month ever, according to Joe Sheehan. I, he was crunching the numbers the other wow. day for uh, collective league wide batting average. Uh, I mean, that's that, that's the thing. I guess our standards for what a good stream is also has to change. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> I just consider anything, you know. Um, I like to go by they, they at least contribute to like two categories, you know, um, right. Between whip K's and era. That's a um, good point. Plus, I mean, innings, I always make it where they need to go at least five innings. If they don't go five innings, I count it as a bad stream. Yeah. Eligible for the win. That's all you can. Yeah. They, they got to give you a chance to get the win. Exactly. Right on. Right on. Um, let's talk about some of the, the before, actually, before we do it, before we talk about today's games and some other particular pitchers in, in general, a couple of notes from our sponsors. Uh, first, do you play fantasy football? Do you love the NFL draft? Well, you're in luck because Champions Round has created a fantasy game specifically for the NFL draft called Big Board Showdown. Playing is simple. Pick 12 prospects, stay on budget, and watch your team rack up points based on where they're selected. Download the Champions Round app right now. Hurry. It's about, the draft is going to start in about an hour from now. Make your picks today. Hashtag you got next pick. Uh, and our other sponsor is from Underdog. Football season approaches, and you've got to check out these new best ball leagues on Underdog. Best ball, best ball is the ultimate test of your live draft skills since there's no in-season management. That's right. Draft your team, and Underdog automatically credits you with the best-performing players every week. You don't need to play the waiver wire or worry about trades. It's just the draft. Who doesn't love drafting? In Underdog Best Ball, you can draft as many times as you want because you don't have to do any roster management, saving you loads of time. Underdog's best ball leagues are drafting right now, starting at just $3. Once the season starts, Underdog also has daily fantasy and an all-new Pick'em game. Go download the Underdog app now to get in on some best ball before the season starts. Enter promo code ROTOWIRE with your first deposit, and Underdog will honor a money-back guarantee during your first month. Love Underdog or get your money back with promo code ROTOWIRE. Search Underdog in your app store and enter promo code ROTOWIRE. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Michael Simeone uh, of spstreamer.com, and you can follow him at spstreamer. Michael, let's take a look at some of the pitchers today, uh, some good performances. Uh, we, I, I was really excited to see Shane McClanahan. I don't think he disappointed. He was fun to watch. Yeah, did you see that uh, that fastball? Yeah, I saw you the, tweeted out yeah. there. But, uh, I just crazy. thought, like, whoa, that's breaking away from righties at 101. Yeah. 101 miles an hour moving yeah. away from righties. That's insane. Um 
He looked great. I mean, the slider had 10 whiffs on yeah. it and had a 58 CSW. Uh, so it all looked good. I just think it needs to be stretched out more because I, towards the end, the velocity kind of started to come down a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just going to take a little time to get him to five, but he yeah. looked phenomenal. <laughs> he looked he good. Did. He how great really that race farm system, they just pump out anyone. Anyone they bring up is just productive. It's crazy. It is. It really is. And, you know, the funny thing, too, is like the way they manage it, you know, like, okay, he's getting stretched out, but he doesn't need to get stretched out too much because, hey, we got Luis Patino. We're going to put in right behind him there as the primary yep. reliever. Hey, thank, yep. a big power lefty followed by a power righty. Great. Good luck there. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Good combination. I know. I know. It, and, you know, tomorrow Josh Fleming goes. I, he's he's one of my streaming success stories so far this year. He Complete opposite pitcher. Uh, you know, yep. slow, soft tosser, yep. but Good doesn't command. get that many yep. Ks. But he gets the job done, too. Finds a way to he work does. out. He worked last year. Uh, he, he got a win and a pretty good outing in the second outing. Uh, can't complain about that. Yeah, no, always been a really good command pitcher. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what he does. He just paints the corners, you know, gets the weak contact. Kind of like you said, won't really get a lot of strikeouts. Um, right. But he gets the job done. Yeah, yeah, I mean, against easier teams, he's a no-brainer. Yeah, he is. He really is. Um, okay, other other great start today was Yusei Kikuchi took, taking a no-hitter into the seventh inning. Probably some people had him benched, you know, thinking, okay, on the road against Houston, those Crawford boxes, all those strong right-handers in their lineup. Uh, and here he and here he tosses a gem after struggling in some tougher matchups earlier. Yeah, I almost benched him, but I didn't. Thank God. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he had a. He, I don't think he allowed a hit until like the sixth inning or fifth inning. Um, yeah. He was he was pitching really well. Uh, the cutter was working great. Um, the slider too. You know the what, what I really like about him is that the um, increase in velocity is still there this year. Yeah. And I was kind of hoping for better command. At times he has it. At times he doesn't. I mean that's his major flaw because if he gets a hold of the command, I really think he could take a big leap forward. Um, but from what I've watched he kind of loses it at times and that's when he gets in some trouble. And I think that's, what's going to make him a little inconsistent like he has been this season. Right. Uh, but we'll see, maybe he gets better with it as, you know, as the season goes on, the weather gets a little warmer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he has a lot of upside. I agree. I mean, I, I really like it. He had a lot of swing and miss last year. Hadn't had mm -hmm. as much this year, but you know, I think I'm glad you mentioned weather. Cause I think that was an issue pitched at Minnesota pitched at Boston, especially the Boston start. Uh, and, and actually he had a home start against Houston, which was going well until the, until the seventh inning. And I think he yeah. just got extended a little too much there. Uh, Ron Chandler used to call that the blown quality start uh, where, you know, you get through six innings with the quality start, just they're left in a little too long. And that's kind of what happened to him a little bit. And yeah, I, I had him benched in one of my three leagues where I have him and uh, labor. Unfortunately I had him uh, benched. So I'll miss out on some really nice numbers there. Yeah. But, I'm, I, but oh. I'm still happy because I have him. That's the way I approach yeah, it. That's how yeah. I rationalize well, I was going to say, you can't really blame yourself. It made sense to bench him because the Astros are like one of the best offenses in the league. So, yeah. Although if, we, if I knew that, you know, Jordan Alvarez was going to be out of there and, you know, Kyle Tucker was getting a day off too. Mm. And all of a sudden that becomes a little bit of a thinner lineup there. And that's kind of yeah. what happened. But 
Uh, so it goes. Uh, but I, I'm I am impressed. You know, the Mariners are interesting. You know, they, they've got a lot of young talent. They got Logan Gilbert at some point coming up later on this mm-hmm. year. I'm looking for that. Everybody knows about Kelly. Or soon, because uh, yeah. Marco Gonzalez just got put on the IL. So. Yeah. One thing that I don't like about Seattle pitchers is that six-man rotation. I mean, I think it's good for them, perhaps. It's tough for us. How often can you get a two-start week? Yeah. Um, the only good thing about them, which kind of helps counter it a little bit, is they do like to leave their starters in. Um, you know, like they let them go deeper into games. That's true. Uh, like like last season, it was it was short season, so it was kind of hard to tell how much it would really affect them in six months compared to two. But like Margo Gonzalez was, I think, top 20 innings pitched last year, and they had a six-man for the entire time. So um, it kind of counteracts it a little bit, makes it not as bad, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, plus those typically don't last the whole season. Yeah, that that's true. Uh, but if they call on, they call up Gilbert, that's one more yeah. starter for them. You know? Oh yeah. They'll go they can get they'll rid go of Marge, Marge Vicious pretty quickly, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you look at Flexen is interesting. Sheffield's mm-hmm. interesting. Dunn's interesting. Uh, they have, you know, they may not be perfect, but they're, they're, they all have like little things about them that I like. Yeah, Dunn's really interesting because he's up two miles an hour on his fastball. Yeah. And uh, he's been pitching really well. I don't think it's going to last, though, because every indicator in the on the planet shows regression for him. Yeah. Um, and I think the secondaries are still kind of lacking a little bit. But uh, at least he took – it looks like he's taking a little bit of a step forward right now, which is cool to see. Right. And that's one of the things. Sometimes, like, the you know, the stats will be lagging behind the actual stuff. You know, it takes a while for him to harness all that. You know, you, you're like, okay, you can see the potential. That's where you like having a good, a actual good scouting eye is so important. When, you, when you're watching all these pitchers, you and Nick Pollock, you know, pitcher list, all, you know, they can actually kind of keep an eye on that sort of stuff. And that's, you know, or, and like I had Bernie Pleskoff on the show on Mondays on Sirius and XM. And, you know, he he'll look at it from a different point of view. It's like, well, I, I see this and you know, that trained eye is really important. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of wish I could do that. Yeah. I feel like that. I need to get better at, or, or well, I guess really learn, um, you know, how to look for mechanics and stuff. I know some basic stuff, but, um, sure. yeah, it'd be nice to kind of be able to see those kinds of things too. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about a couple other guys. Uh, you were big on Jacob Junis this week. He came through in a big way. The pirates were awful and he was great. Yeah, he worked out really well. I more so like the matchup. I mean, um, websites show that he added a cutter. Some people say it's kind of just a rework slider. Um, Mm -hmm. either way, it's clearly working for him. Um, it has a ridiculous amount of horizontal movement to it and, um, it only has a 0.117 0.117 Woba against it. So um, it's really working for him. But what worries me is um, the hard contacts kind of up and uh, he has a pretty um, high barrel rate against him. So I kind of feel like that very low home run per nine that he has right now will eventually rise. <laughs> right. And I think the ERA might fall a little bit. Um, plus the swing strike, percentage doesn't really match his strikeout rate either so um i think in the end he's gonna regress i don't think he's someone you really necessarily hold on to but as a streamer i think he get the job done against those weaker offenses yeah and there are plenty to be found in the al central so there is that and then of course facing the pirates doesn't doesn't hurt either uh his his opponents so far uh this year two outings against the rangers in relief then a start against the uh, indians uh toronto tampa bay pittsburgh okay 
you know, none of those are murder. It's not murderers row, especially because the Toronto start was, uh, you know, minus a couple of their big hitters too. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that that's one thing you have to take away from that. But yeah, so far so good. Only one bad outing, that one against the race. That was about it. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of problem children I want to ask about. <laughs> Kenta Maeda. What's wrong with Kenta Maeda? Yeah. Um, so I actually wrote an article about him in the offseason on Fangraphs and uh about what worried me about him and it's kind of still there and i think that's the main issue and it's his slider command um in the past two years so he's increased his slider usage so it's basically become his main pitch and um last year he left in the middle of the zone over 31 percent of the time and that led to a 524 iso and a high woba against it this season now, he's leaving it in the heart of the zone 34% of the time, so even more so than last year. And we see what's happening to it. I mean, it's getting hit even harder. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys saw if you saw the Framel Reyes homer on heat. Uh, I did. And that's what happens when you hang it over the middle. Um, and if it's if there's something I've, you know, I've learned something from Eno Saris, and he always, you know, I think he either did research or someone did and he put it out there where – sliders it's more important to have command than movement um so if Maeda's throwing a slider more than any other pitch and he has no command over it he's not going to have good results um so unless he fixes that or like maybe throws the slider less and goes to his other pitches more i don't know how much he could really improve i he's obviously not this bad but i think people were taking him out of ceiling and i don't think he's ever really gonna get to that low three ERA area if he keeps this up. No, uh, I'm, I'm definitely concerned. And the thing is, I was really bummed out uh, that I didn't have him last year more than I did because, you know, he was that was the last year he was at an affordable price. This year he's yeah. going to the third, fourth round. And that's something, you know, an area he's never gone. Now, some of that was the Dodgers kind of messing around with uh, the number of starts he got, kind of throttling his innings because they had their depth and because there were some contract clauses too. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is one thing that's changed a little bit, but ah, it's tough. I, I still root for him, even though I don't have him anywhere. But yeah, it's not looking great. I it, I don't even know if he's a buy low candidate at this point in time. Mm, no, I feel like it's too early, and yeah. like the owner isn't going to give him up for nothing yet, and vice versa. Right. Um, I don't think you could really you know sell him for what his draft call you know his draft cost was. So you're kind of stuck with him for now. You just got to hope that he improves. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, unless he fixes that, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't see him becoming what we, you know, hoped basically. I think you're right about that. Here's another guy I'm not too optimistic about, and that's Patrick Corbin on the Nats. Uh, he, he had one good start, uh, which, but, oh, maybe he's turning it around a little bit. And then he was pretty awful mm-hmm. again in his most recent outing. What's your take on him? Yeah, his profile is really odd to me. Um, I can't really figure it out. <laughs> what I think is happening, so a lot of people are worried about the fastball velocity because that was the issue last year, uh, but it's currently sitting at 90.8 miles per hour, and that's what it was at the beginning of 2019. So I think the fastball is okay velocity-wise, and I think he'll eventually get up to that like 91.5 miles an hour that he typically throws midseason. So – I think that's good. Um, what's really weird, though, is the velocity in his slider. Yeah. Uh, it typically averages around 82 miles an hour. Right now, it's sitting at 78. Whoa. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, 
And because of that, it actually has more movement, but he has no command over it. Right. Um, I think he's leaving the zone more than he often does because Corbin loves to throw that outside the zone, basically, or right at right. the corner. And he's leaving it kind of in the zone. Uh, so, you know, the, the command, again, with what we're talking about before with the sliders is you need that command. And uh, he's not getting chases because of it. And that could just, you know, it's like a trickle down effect, essentially. Um, And then what was also weird was to start the season, which it could have just been game plan for all we know, but uh, he wasn't really throwing the slider a lot. It was his second most thrown pitch, which is really weird. He was was going on the fastball more. Um, But then finally that one good game that you were just talking about, he did switch and go to the slider a ton. So that's what made us all think, okay, maybe he's going to start get going, but then he goes against the Mets and the command isn't there still. And the Mets hit him pretty hard. So yes, they did. He's tough to figure out. I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't know. What's I saw that Arizona start, which was really ugly. And it was aided by some horrific defense at second base, but uh, where, you know, they could have, uh, could have gotten that. I think it was uh, Harrison that butchered a double play ball, turned a, a five run outing into a 10 run outing. And mm. you know, that, that's, that's the t- part that gets really tough. We've had some yes. real bad pounding so far, you know, we got Gombard. Uh, we got uh, the Joe Ross outing. I got. I felt. I, I avoided those, but I had this the, Dan, the Daniel Ponce de Leon week where I had one good start, and then the second one was against the Brewers, and they torched him, just yep. wiped out all the good that he did in the I first. I picked start. him as a streamer. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> not not fun. Not fun no. at all. Uh, looking at this week's slate, uh, anything that jumped out to you, like either tonight or later this weekend? Any uh, pitchers that jumped out as guys you might recommend? Yeah, I mean, we mentioned Cease tonight. Um, I like Joe Ross against Miami. Um, you know, I think uh, I, I put out the other day, it's weird. He He's one of eight pitchers, and the other seven pitchers are all aces to have over a 35% chase rate and a 30% CSW. So he's doing something right. Um, yeah. And Miami's offense just, they've been bottom of the barrel lately. Uh, they do get hot at times, though. Um, so we'll see what happens there, but right now they are not hitting. So I like Joe Ross. And then I also like, there's really not that many good, um, streamers coming up for the weekend, but I also would say Griffin Canning, just because you have that strikeout potential. He's going to Seattle. They have a lot of bats that, you know, swing and miss. So I feel like even if he doesn't give you the best ratios, at least he'll give you six to seven strikeouts there. Yeah, I like that. I like the uh, anti-Miami uh, talk. Not that I hate the Marlins, but they're decimated <laughs> right now. Chisholm's yeah. out. Uh, Corey yep. Dickerson hurt the other day. I don't know if he'll come back. Uh, I think they're they're off today, so at least they get that. But uh, you know, Brian Anderson's on the IL. They they have they're down, and of course, uh, Starling Marte's out too, and he's not mm-hmm. coming back anytime soon. Uh, losing Chisholm was a bad one there. I mean, he's so fun to watch. It's just, oh, uh, he's amazing yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah. and it's a leg injury too. He stole, yeah, he, he stole two bases the other day. Was it against Burns? I think it was against Burns. It was. Uh, it was. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's he's fun. He is. He's a lot of fun. So hopefully, uh, the, uh, is there a uh, is there a steer clear? This is a da- danger warning to battle fleet sort of guy here that you're looking like people might be on. You might be you know picked up a lot. People you know people are targeting and they're like, no, don't do this one. There, do you have any of those any avoids for it? I didn't really. Um, you on this one so i'm, I'm no no I, I saw someone tweeted it and uh so i looked quick i it's hard to tell who people are kind of on um sure. i think junis might be a trap for his two-start week mm-hmm. uh cleveland 
they struggle, but sometimes they can be a little pesky and kind of like I said, like if, if Frank Mill gets hot, you know, he hits all those home runs and then they have the White Sox, which you just don't want any part of. And then sure. I don't know if people are starting to get going to start to get all in on Herman now because of his last start. I've never been a fan. I feel like he's really just a two pitch pitcher. And if that curveball is not going, he's just not going to have a good night. Um, he gets the White Sox and then the Nationals. So I don't know if people are just in on these two guys because they're pitching well as of late. But if they are, I would just kind of tell them to, you know, um, temper your expectations a little bit. <laughs> so I'm the dunce that really bought in on Herman's spring training. And I was like, uh, oh, look at all those strikeouts. <laughs> the command's great. Yeah, I'm in. Do that. <laughs> uh, how many times do I think, you know, spring training stats don't matter that much? Don't they get don't. caught up. In, and then we do it anyhow. It's I know. I, keep, I always try stats. and tell people that too. Um, like I, you know, in, uh, in 2020 coming in 2020, that was Vince Velasquez. He looked amazing in spring training and like, it looked like he had a reworked pitch and he was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so I was trying to bring that, I was trying to bring that example up to everyone for this season. Uh, cause a lot of people loved Logan Webb too. Um, yeah. you know, who, who I don't think he's been terrible, but I think people thought that he was going to start being like a strikeout machine. Uh, because of what he was doing in spring training, but that's just not been the case. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned Logan Webb. You know, he had a good start on Sunday had in, and hit mm -hmm. a triple too. Uh, but Johnny Cueto's coming back, and Phil DeSalt was asking this one here. He goes, Gabe Kapler says that Johnny Cueto could return May 9th, which lines up with an Aaron Sanchez start. Am I reading it much too much into this, or do you think he's the one getting dropped from the rotation and not Webb? Or mm -hmm. is a six-man rotation <laughs> a possibility there too with the, the Giants? Because, you know, they've had all these guys kind of step up. Yeah, they might go that way just in case they might go a six man. Um, yeah, I, that's interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, no, I think they'd probably still want to give Aaron Sanchez a chance. Maybe they're just trying to give their guys a break a little bit. Yeah. And that's another going? thing, too. That's right, another thing, too, quickly. I don't want people to fall into um, like the Giants are going to Colorado. And I've had people ask me, are you going to start them there? And I definitely would not. <laughs> No, like it, I wouldn't know. And you'd be surprised. A lot of people are asking me, they're just like, are you, are you taking them in Colorado too? Cause they just destroy Colorado at home. Like two completely different things. You can't do that. Right. I agree. And you know, it's funny. I think that ballpark is not as pitcher friendly as it's been in the past. I also think that their lineup is slightly better than it's been in the past. The giants I'm talking about here. Uh, mm -hmm. So we used to be able to stream against the giants, which, you know, if you try to do that this week, you got yeah. Gombert. Uh, and I, <laughs> yeah, and I, I love uh, all the uh, the play on words with that, you know, <laughs> using his name. But uh, uh, how do you avoid getting gombered? Uh, it's I'll be honest, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. No matter what you look at and how good, I mean, they're streamers for a reason. It's because this happens to them. Um, I mean, you can do your best to limit your exposure to them. You know, just by trying to do it smart, you know, like I said, going off of splits and, you know, who's hot, who's not. And uh, maybe, you know, trying to catch pitchers as they're getting hot as well. Um, but it's impossible. I, I, you know, I've done this for three seasons now. No matter what I do, I run into several every season. It's just it's it's going to happen. Um, I think that's what's trying to that's kind of what's turning people away from streaming pitchers as well. Sure. Um, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of talk that people are more so leaning on streaming hitting and it makes sense because they can't necessarily ruin your ratios for a week. Um, you know, they could kind of hurt your batting average, but you still have all those other hitting categories. Um, you know, whereas if, a pitch, if you get gombered, 
your ERA and WHIP are done for the week, basically. And and, you know, the, unless the point, unless the rest of your staff, it, you know, pitches like aces. Yeah, which is the point that Ariel Cohen raised in his question is like with all the re- the recent streaming blowups, and you're mentioning how it's been tougher for you this month. Are we better off not streaming and going with safer relievers like Chad Green, and Garrett Whitlock? I mean, uh, not Garrett Whitlock, but uh, uh, or just or any of these top relievers? Um, yeah, I think he mentioned April, um, and I think that's smart. I mean, yeah. if you know, in my opinion, I wouldn't stream in April at all, um, or you know, or at least towards the end where we have some data to go off because of, it's just so unpredictable. It's yeah. so tough. And, um, you know, and that's another thing too. I feel like, you know, some people will take pitchers uh, towards the end of their draft solely just based off their first matchup, but we don't know. I mean, you know, uh, Texas struggled all year last year and then they came in, absolutely destroyed Keller, um, which hurt me in every league I'm in, but, uh, <laughs> me too. I have um, a lot of Brad Keller. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you never know. <laughs> you just don't know. You don't know what offense is going to be good. What pitchers are going to be good. We like to think we know, but it's, it's just so hard to predict that kind of stuff. So. Jonathan Bales uh, tweeted out earlier today. He goes, not only we know less than we think, you know, we think we know, but what we think we know might also be incorrect also. And, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, I think that's, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And it's not just in fantasy baseball, it's life, you know, that, that, mm-hmm. that applies to almost every discipline in the world. Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. true. A couple more questions then we'll let you go here. Uh good one from, uh, uh, from Ariel. Uh, Ryan Roof says, who is the next two stepper that people will likely pick up this weekend? And you kind of mentioned this already might be Junis, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it might be Junis from trap. Yep. Yeah. Rob D. Pietro at the dead does the dead pole header podcast. Great stuff. Rob does. Yes. Uh, he's obviously a great player. He goes, he's wondering, have you noticed any difference in pitch movements in terms of the new ball? Yeah. So when I saw that, that was interesting and something I haven't thought to look into, but then as I was kind of thinking of it on the drive home from work, mm-hmm. uh, I do feel like I've seen a lot of pitchers increase their movement this year, but I don't, I can't say for a fact if that's true or not, just going off of me looking at different people. Same um, here. So that's definitely something I'd have to look into or anyone for that fact. Um, if they want to do like a research piece, I think that's pretty smart and interesting to look at. Sounds like uh, some time on Savant and Brooks baseball is in order. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Good question though. It's something to look at yes. and, and figure out what that means is too. It's not, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, stage one. Is there something happening here? Let's let's investigate. Stage two. What can we do with this information? And that that's those are two different things. Is it actually helping pitchers? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, are you worried about Brandon Lau? Last question. JLD asked this one here. I know uh, I'm not. Uh, I, I I mean, I am a little bit just because of the strikeouts in the World Series last year in the playoffs and all that. Homer today, so it's interesting timing as far as that goes. Uh, maybe I should be a little bit though. He's hitting 160 coming into today. Uh, 27 strikeouts. Eh. You know, I, I, yeah. I, Here's my view on all this. Um, and you know, uh, Rob DiPietro actually uh, works on the back end with me on my website. Um, really smart guy, and he he told all of the people who belong to our membership, and and it's true, and I I firmly believe this as well. You're the the players you're drafting, at least your starters, like you're drafting them based off your research throughout the entire, you know, spring training or off season. And you're taking them for a reason. Don't let a small sample of three to three and a half weeks ruin that, you know, your research. Right. Like just because someone's struggling, like 
hitters go through, you know, dips all the time. So do pitchers. Um, and I think just because it's the beginning of the year, people amplify that and make it think, okay, maybe this guy actually isn't that good. Um, and meanwhile, if this was happening in the middle of, you know, July, you just think, okay, he's just slumping. He'll come out of it eventually. So I, I think I, this I think early on, that. it's, it's really not, for me, it doesn't really make sense to worry about these guys that you've put your faith into. Um, let it ride out a little bit. You know, if you're two months in, then yes, I get it. That makes sense. But you got to kind of let them, you know, get their bearings and, um, you know, you never know. I mean, you could think Lau isn't good and then watch next month you go off. Right. And then you get whipsawed. Right. You get, and then you're like, and then you're thinking, oh, I was right about it. Right. So I had someone ask us the other day, should I uh, drop Kyle Tucker for, oh gosh, I forget who the pickup was, but it was someone not even in the same universe. First of all, no, don't yeah. drop Kyle Tucker, period. He was your third round pick. Do not drop. Do not pass. I've had a lot of people that. ask me if they should drop my Ada, and I'm just like, do not drop my Ada. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, not okay. this bad. He's probably, he might not be as good as you thought, but he's definitely not a bad pitcher. He's a good pitcher. Right. I think that's right. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks for all the good questions, everybody. Thanks for uh, listening and tuning in live. For those of you who did on uh, StreamYard, we do appreciate it there. Uh, once again, Michael, tell everybody uh, where they can find you. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at SPStreamer. Um, our website's SPStreamer.com. And our podcast is SP Streamer Podcast. And uh, I run that with my co-host, Doug Ishikawa. He's at, is, you can follow him on Twitter at CoachingIsh. Um, and that's pretty much everything. Very good. Hey, well, it was a pleasure uh, meeting you on online. Or, you know, we've been online, actually, video, face-to-face, and yes. talking with you. Thanks for coming yes. on. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Uh, coming up tomorrow, Todd Zola, Clay Link, our uh, host in the podcast. Make sure to tune in. As always, please subscribe, rate, and review. It means a lot. We say it every time. It does mean a lot to get your feedback. So please send that in. We do appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back at you again soon. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.